Hello, and welcome back to the Chris Yeh Podcast. I am, as always, Chris Yeh. And in this episode, I am joined by my special guest, Scott Johnson of Blitzscaling Ventures, and we are going to review our Blitzscalability assessment for two different deals. Scott, say hello. Hello again, everyone. So, Scott, what have we got on tap for today? What are we going to be covering? Well, we're covering deals that were done in November 2019. So we're looking back a little ways. It's currently April of 2020. So it's several months ago. And normally that wouldn't be a big deal, but we've had this global pandemic on, upon us, descend upon us. And that has really changed some deals and not changed others. And it's really interesting to sort of look at the deals that got done that we were in love with back then and see what the new world order has <clears throat> done to their prospects. And so the two deals this month are Guild Education, which is an education services benefit. So they go to employers, therefore that's you know a nice scalable distribution that way. And use employers to reach their employees to provide them education as a benefit. And that means that the employee is not digging out of pocket quite so hard. And so that really helps the product market fit. So you see, they've done really two really smart, scalable things to create a business that is scaling very quickly. And the two women who founded it should be commended for taking sort of a very old business education and rethinking how it could be delivered in the age of the internet, the modern workforce, and continuing education, lifelong education. Uh, the other company we're going to look at ACV Auctions. And you don't know this probably, but when you trade in your old car, that kicks off a series of transactions that results in that car being sold to somebody else, usually through a dealer. But it's not usually the same dealer that you sell it to that ends up selling your car. It goes into an auction process, the dealer that can buy it for the most and therefore sell it for the things they can sell it for the most bids on it, gets it, takes delivery of it, and then puts it on their floor so that they can sell it. So your car goes in one door and out the other, so to speak, and ACV is taking what used to be a very manual and batch process. Once a week, there would be a huge auction at a big parking lot, and dealers would all descend on this parking lot and pick the cars they want. And ACV thought that was kind of absurd in the age of the internet and began putting that process online. And it's one of the fastest growing companies we've ever encountered. It's very exciting business, which is very affected by the fact that there is now a global pandemic causing nobody to drive anywhere and therefore nobody to buy new cars or to trade in their old ones. So their business has really been affected by the current situation. Uh, Chris, do you want to add anything to that? No, I think we'll cover more in depth as we go through each company individually. Uh, suffice to say that I think there's some very interesting lessons to be drawn in terms of how to manage a business during this coronavirus pandemic. Great. Let's start the scoring. So once again, everyone, we have a hundred point score that we use at Blitzscaling Ventures and we use seven factors to determine that hundred point score. Two of the factors are nearly 60% of the score, and that's the first two, network effects and land grab, and the remaining five are the other 40%. 
And those are also very important, but it's not as important as the first two, the first one being network effects and land grab. And so talk about that, Chris, with Guild Education. How should we score it? So Guild Education benefits from both the network effect and the land grab element, which is why we gave them a very high score on this regard. When it comes to the network effects, if you think about the ability to mediate between employers and their employees and the education providers, primarily the universities, it makes a lot of sense. You can attract universities on if you have the employees, you can attract the employees if you have the universities. And so there is definitely a marketplace effect, but there is a further land grab effect, which occurs in two different ways. First of all, Guild Education is developing relationships with the employers. So the big corporations like Walmart, those relationships tend to be very sticky as they tend to be for most enterprise companies. And so as a result, there is a definite land grab element. Once Guild Education has locked up Walmart, it's very difficult for someone else to take Walmart away from them. And that's especially true because the employees are pursuing degree programs. And so if the employer wishes to switch to a new education provider, they have to make sure that those degree programs can transfer over as well. There's a one-on-one -on -one match between the universities on one platform, the universities on another platform. All this makes it very difficult to switch, which makes it definitely a more of a winner-take-most market. Great. Let's talk about how they grow. Is there scalability challenges to their growth or is it relatively frictionless? So they do have the classic scalability challenge of an, any enterprise software company, anyone selling to the enterprise, which is these are large, uh, complex, high value transactions. And you tend to need to go ahead and, and go out and win them one by one. Now, I think that there are... And you're selling to HR, by the way. And you're selling the to fastest HR. fastest moving group. So as a result, even though this is a great program for almost any employer to offer to their employees, it just is a friction-filled process. So we penalize them on viral growth and distribution because there isn't a huge amount of virality in this. And again, it is a relatively friction-filled process. That said, these companies do provide a channel to lots of employees. I mean, you make that one Walmart sale and yeah, it was painful, but man, oh man, does that open the floodgates to revenue. So these painful long sales cycle deals can really pay off and then good luck to someone else selling to HR when they already have a, a, a nice system that they've rolled out to all their employees, early employees are trained on it, they know about it, it works. I wouldn't want to be the salesman who tries to go in and try to display skilled education once they're established and entrenched. So there certainly is a land grab element here. It's just, it's going to be a little tricky getting those, <clears throat> getting that land grabbed. Uh, let's talk about product market fit. Product market fit is excellent. Guild education has been around. They've retained their customers over time. Again, that is the key measure of product market fit. So we give them full marks. Excellent. And market size. So the market size here is quite large, uh, both because the overall market of education is huge, but also because there's a lot of secular trends boosting this employer paid for education area. Now, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out in the world of COVID because it is generally more of a luxury than a necessity, but there are some ways in which it's a necessity, and we'll cover that in our discussion of COVID-19. Okay, yeah, that's gonna be a good discussion. And uh, let's talk about gross margin. 
So the gross margins here are good, very good, but they're not perfect. And this goes hand in hand with the organizational scalability and operational scalability, which are also not necessarily perfect. So the reason is that Guild Education actually has coaches and other folks to facilitate the process of matching people up, almost like a guidance counselor or something like that. But that's human contact. And that human contact is going to increase the cost of goods sold and reduce gross margin and also present new organizational and operational scalability concerns. Because anytime you have humans in the system, it gums up the works. Exactly right. And compare that to Instagram, for example, one of our all-time best scoring companies. You don't talk to people at Instagram. It just grows virally forever and is incredibly powerful that way. So this isn't that good, but it is still still it gets gets high scores for, for gross margin because it's a two-sided marketplace. Let's talk about organizational and operational scalability. Yeah, as I mentioned, because of the human element, the op organizational scalability is worse than the operational scalability, but even the operational scalability, because you're coordinating these moving parts and because you have to remember the state of the particular employee over time, which program they belong to and so on and so forth, it is not like it's just a free-flowing uh, liquid marketplace. So both of those are not going to get perfect scores. And in fact, the organizational scalability is going to get a relatively low score. But those are relatively small components of the overall blitz scalability index. So it doesn't make Guild Education a bad investment. Yeah, they're small components because they can be overcome with excellent execution. And we're hoping that that's what Guild does. We think they certainly have a great opportunity here. Their score, their total score is very high, 89 out of 100. We consider 90 out of 100 as exceptional, truly rare. So they're knocking on the door of 90. And if they could figure out some gross margin issues or and the organizational scalability stuff and make that super efficient, you know, who knows? They might get up into that rare air above 90 points. But meanwhile, they're at 89, which means that's a, a company that for from the point of view of blitzscaling ventures is really interesting and, and very exciting. And what I said before is is absolutely the case that the two women who started this thought of a brilliant model and so far they've executed very well. They've attracted Bessemer, Redpoint, and General Catalyst as investors. They've raised a hundred and uh, sorry, their last round was 157 million at a billion post money. And that was done in November 13th of last year. This is a Denver company. So a lot of uh, great things going on in Denver. Uh, you would be surprised at all of the really interesting companies that have headquarters there. I know that a lot of college graduates are moving to Denver. It's a very vibrant ecosystem forming there in the middle of the country. So uh, anything else to add about Guild, Chris? So let's, uh, should we let's talk about how COVID has impacted them a bit just for the time being. We'll review it again when we talk about ACV auctions, but it's worth focusing on them just for a second so we look at the actual impact. So the beauty of the Guild Education model is that the education is delivered virtually. So as a result, it is not directly impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. You can continue to provide those services. However, the issue is that the educational services are paid for by employers. And in an economic recession, in, when times are tough, when money is tight, that education might be viewed as a luxury rather than a necessity. And as a result, 
there might be an impact on the willingness of the employers to pay for education for their customers, which would directly impact Guild. On the other hand, what Guild has wisely done, and very nimbly, I might add, is they've pivoted and began to emphasize what is called outskilling, the ability for companies to help the employees that they are laying off or furloughing by providing them with the ability to upskill at the same time. While they are not able to work, perhaps they can grow their human capital with courses from Guild Education. And Guild has actually participated in a three-month no-layoffs pledge and pivoted to providing outskilling. So from a reaction to COVID perspective, they've done so very quickly, very nimbly. Now, will this, uh, will this prevent them from suffering any ill effects over the medium to long term? Well, you know, again, they may have blunted the impact, but I still believe that the pandemic is a net negative. It is not like for some companies a positive, but nonetheless, they've done a good job of blunting some of the impact. Okay, let's move on to ACV Auctions, our second company that we're looking at for November of 2019. And we love ACV. We know the management team there very well. Uh, their score isn't quite as high as Guild, and we'll talk about their score in a minute. But as I mentioned earlier, they are in the car, used car wholesale business. It's a $60 billion business. It's a business that's one of these wonderful hidden businesses that nobody really knew about. And so very ripe for some bright entrepreneurs to come in and disrupt it. And that's what exactly what George and his crew have done at ACV. So let's uh, get right into the scoring, Chris. What do you think about the network effects here? So what's interesting is there is definitely a strong network effect because this is a two-sided marketplace. But what's interesting about the network effect is that it is a local network effect. So unlike something like a Facebook or Instagram where your geography really doesn't matter in terms of interacting with others, when you're talking about thousands of pounds of steel and aluminum and plastic, you can't just transmit them over a wire. So the cars themselves are the thing that causes us to be a set of local networks and a set of local marketplaces. So in the case of ACV, they have extremely strong network effects, but it's important to note that those network effects are market by market. So it's really critical when managing a company like that to focus on the individual markets and your ability to get to critical scale in those markets rather than looking at your overall national market share. Yeah, and there are a lot of companies with that sort of local effect. And the trick is to be the dominant player at each locality. And that requires a lot of feet on the ground, which is going to affect their organizational scalability as we talk about that down the road. Let's look at Let's talk about viral growth and distribution here. Yeah, viral growth and distribution is not great. And that's largely because it is a relatively high friction thing. The dealerships have to decide that they're going to participate on the supply side. The buyer side is actually pretty easy. You can just register and use it. But if you're going to be supplying cars, you actually have to work with ACV auctions because what they do is they are actually scanning the entire undercarriage of the cars, recording with HD sound, the sound of the engine turning over so that the buyers can get the full experience and see everything they need to make buying decisions with confidence. So all that work on the supply side means that the viral growth and distribution 
is something that isn't just frictionless. There is friction. You have to actually go visit dealerships, talk to the dealers in person. And that's something that's especially hard right now when we're all sheltering in place. Yeah, that's right. And, and a, a dealer that's used to going and, you know, being able to literally kick the tires has to suddenly get used to using an app. And so there's just a little bit of a, a sell that has to, and a getting used to thing that has to happen. And so there's just, there's just some friction to that. So not full credit there, but still a good score. And one of the reasons is that all the buyers are the same as all the sellers. So if you're a buyer, you become a seller and, and often vice versa. So it's like eBay that way. It's product market fit. Beautiful thing. Well, let me give you an example why I think the product market fit is so good. One of the things that happened is I got a chance to talk with some of the customers and talk with some of the people who are on the platform. And here's the funny thing. People who are car dealers go into car dealerships because they love cars. They love buying cars. They love selling cars. And I heard a number of people say that they would actually log on to ACV auctions during their lunch hour for fun just to look for cars to buy. Now, that is an incredible statement on a utilitarian product. When your users are so enamored with the product that they're logging in on their off time because they find it fun to use. So we gave them full marks for product market fit. We think they've hit it out of the park with what they've done. Well, and remember, product market fit is not just that they love the product. It's also that it's really easy to buy that the price is right. So there's a huge pricing component to product market fit. And dealers make more money when they use ACV than when they use the, the traditional online auctions. It's just a more efficient process. So full marks there for sure. Market size. As I mentioned, $60 billion market. Uh, you just, you know, you're not going to, the, the market's going to, provide plenty of headroom for growth well into the billions in revenue. So that gets full marks. Gross margin, Chris, this is interesting. Talk about gross margin and really organizational scalability goes along with it. So maybe cover both of those. Yeah. So let's talk about this. This is the fundamental challenge, which is you're dealing with giant hunks of metal and plastic. And so let's think about what impacts the gross margin. A marketplace typically has very high gross margins. But one of the things that ACV has done, partially at my advice, is to accept slightly lower gross margins by providing transportation services. And what this means is making it possible to ship the cars longer distances from seller to buyer. The reason this is important is by providing those transportation services and accepting a hit to gross margin, you are able to increase the liquidity of the local marketplace because instead of just consisting of everything within a five mile radius or a 10 mile radius, it can be everything within a 50 mile radius or hundred mile radius. And so it allows you to get to critical mass and critical liquidity faster. And then over time, perhaps you might pull back on those or you might start to charge more for the transportation services. So this should be viewed not as a permanently lowered gross margin, but a temporarily lowered gross margin in order to improve the ability to drive those network effects. That being said, it is still less than perfect gross margins because of those transportation costs. Yep, they're not gonna go away. You gotta get the car from the buyer to the seller. And that costs money and that takes time and logistics and all the things that drag on scaling. So certainly not full credit there. Uh, lastly, operational scalability. There's a challenge here because boy, you gotta like, to list a car, you gotta run it through the whole process of listing with the cameras underneath and all that. And then there's the logistics around transporting the cars as we talked about. 
And so it's, you know, it's not a process that just happens on its own. And there's, there's also, you know, they got to service these customers. So they're, um, they're pretty demanding. This is their business. It's, it's a, it's a group that is very cash flow conscious. And so it's not an easy business. That's part of why it's a great business and that like not everyone could do this, but it's also, going to help, uh, sorry, it's going to hinder their scalability a little bit. So when you add it all up, this co the company scores 80, which is great. That's a great score. Most, for example, enterprise software companies, you may have heard us talk about them. They, they usually end up in the 40s or the 50s out of 100. This is 80 out of 100. It's a two-sided marketplace in a huge market, and they are by far the leader, and it's a market that they've grown into incredibly fast and we can't talk specifically about the revenue growth but trust us this this company up until when carbine completely stopped a month ago was killing it yeah and that is the problem they face with covid19 which is uh, how many people who are listening right now have said in the past month let me go buy a car right in fact how many people in the last month have actually used their cars very much the fact is that car buying has come to a screeching halt. That's true on the new car side. That's equally true on the used car side. Unless you simply had your car break down or you didn't have a car before, there's no reason why you would even think about buying right now, especially because you, dealers, going to a car dealership and everything like that, it seems like a fraught and potentially hazardous event. Now, as a result of that, I'm sure that the volume at ACV has declined greatly. And the company has, in fact, furloughed some percentage of its workers. Uh, reports in the news are around 30% or so. And this does not mean that the business is a bad business. In fact, as, you, as we mentioned, we think this is a great business. It means that in any industry where you suddenly see a greater than 50% drop in revenue, you're going to have struggles. And the company has to act quickly and decisively to preserve its capital to be able to then come back stronger. And that's one of the interesting things. If you think that things are bad for ACV auctions in terms of selling cars online, imagine how bad it is for the big players in the industry for whom it's their entire business and who sell in person on these parking lots. So their revenues are probably impacted even worse. And that's one of the interesting things about blitzscaling. It's about relative growth, not absolute growth. And in a market which has historically been dominated by face-to-face -face sales, the coronavirus pandemic may actually represent an opportunity for ACV auctions to grow relative to its competitors. Even as its own revenues are declining, other people's revenues may be declining even more. And furthermore, people now have an impetus to check out the ability to buy cars online, dealer to dealer, as opposed to going to in-person auctions for personal safety, if nothing else. So there may actually be some long-term benefits to ACV auctions from this pandemic if the company is able to husband its resources and make it through. And they should be able to. They just raised $150 million at $1.5 post money. Uh, Fidelity led that round. Bessemer's an investor here. My friends at Tribeca and also Armory Square Ventures are early investors in this company. So they will ride through this rather choppy sea and emerge into the calmer waters, hopefully in the summer and fall when the car market wakes back up. And, you know, we saw the car market really slow down a couple times in the past, and it does come back. People do want cars. 
And so it's just a strange time right now. I, I one anecdote, Chris, I had to go out. We have two cars and we used to drive them to work. We don't drive them to work anymore. I drive one car here and there, either to go to a park or the grocery store in a, in a very responsible way, of course. But the other car just sits there. I had to go out and I was worried the battery was going to die. I had to go out and start it. I, I backed it up a couple of feet so it wouldn't be on the same spot on the tires and let it run for a little while to keep the battery fresh. I've never done that in my life. So this is a, certainly an unusual time. Well, fortunately for me, I drive an electric car, so the battery is not going to run out, and it's getting more charged than ever before. But I definitely hear you. Uh, this is an unusual element. And again, as we said before with businesses like restaurants and the like, do I believe that all need for transportation is going to go away, that all of us are going to live in our homes and work in our homes from now on? Absolutely not. We are going to see an end to this crisis. We are going to see a reemergence of the automotive industry. And again, this represents an opportunity. When we have this incredible headwind, sometimes the companies that are best positioned to tack against the wind are the ones that are going to gain during that crisis. Let's hope that's ACV and our friends and the investor side and our friends on the management side have the outcome that they certainly are, <coughs> are headed toward, we're headed towards until all of this virus <clears throat> difficulty happened. All right. So we are all set with November. Chris, anything to add? I would just say that I think as you can see from this in our previous episode on October deals, the world of the COVID-19 pandemic is a very different world than any of us had experienced before. Uh, people like to talk about the before times and how things are so different now. But I want you to remember that the world has gone through pandemics in the past. It went through the 1918 influenza epidemic, which was probably one of the most deadly epidemics in history. And yet at the end of that, we had a sustained period of growth afterwards in the 1920s. So do not despair if you are in a company that is affected by the coronavirus pandemic. Again, this will not be easy, but there are opportunities to pivot, to adapt, to play the rebound. And I want to leave you guys with that message of hope and Wherever there's hope, there will be blitz scaling.